0: Patreon.com slash Uh, $4 a month gets you in there.
1: Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's The Walk-Off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The Die Hard Podcast for the casual fan. Wire.
0: And another one.
1: So I hope everyone had a wonderful Turkey weekend. Of course, long uh, weekend Thanksgiving for all the Canadians out there. If you're watching this in the U S or wherever, you know, obviously uh, your Thanksgiving's coming, but all Canadians had the long weekend. So we do hope that it was a good one. This is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. Now we have missed a couple shows we did not have a show on Friday. Um, I was still in Minnesota. Adam had a bunch of family stuff going on. Long toss didn't happen. Same thing. Just trying to get guests on a long weekend and make time ourselves. It just wasn't happening. We do apologize. So this is really the first time that we've talked since, what would you call it, Adam? The the nightmare that was the wild card series?
0: Yeah, was that a worse way to leave the playoffs than last year?
1: I would say so. Yeah, one run, dude. Like watching it live killed me. I was just like,
0: I guess it's like, would you rather burn alive or drown slowly? I don't know. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it, I know we we touched on this right before you hit record, but like. I really don't feel like a week passing has made this easier to dissect, has made it easier to digest. It still hurts. It's still raw. But uh, we are going to get into it here. Uh, before we do so, I do wish to really quickly uh, just give condolences to friend of the show, member of the Grounds crew. Uh, she actually came out to the walk-off. Live event in Toronto just last month, but Liz at Biggles on um, Twitter, big Mm -hmm. member of of Blue Jays Twitter, passed away over the weekend, which really sucks. So condolences uh, to her family and stuff. It's really been heartwarming to see the outpouring of love for her from from ball players. I know Jay Jackson had a big thing, you know, like there mm-hmm. were, there were um, many, many people within the Blue Jays Twitter community that had wonderful stories about her. Anyways, I met her in person and it was just, she has sent us messages. That I probably haven't even passed them along Adam. but you know, like two years ago, we just got a message from her where it was, she was just like, you guys are such a fun little podcast, you know, like she'd just reach out and give like little, little things of kindness and, and encouragement. So anyways, it was a bummer to hear about that. Not to uh start things on a downer, but did want to just kind of oh. give condolences to everyone out there. So
0: I hope she neither burned to death or drowned slowly. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Hopefully, uh hopefully. Yeah, anyways. Hopefully, that's yeah. Some playoff wins next year for her would be nice. Yeah. You know? yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um oh,
1: where do we start then? Do we just I guess let's just get into it, buddy. There were tons and this, we do this every single Tuesday, folks. We comb through all your interactions. We get your comments. We get your questions. You can reach out just in the YouTube comments. You can Patreon. You get the Patreon bump. You get the automatic, um, question on the show. Yep. Discord. All sorts of, you guys know how to get a hold of, you us.
0: know, the rap. All right. Uh, Num- number of comments and questions that came in to the tune of are you guys done for the season and will you make content over the off season must be from new members of the grounds crew because yes the old vets know the off season is our busiest time of year
1: it really is Um especially Player when it comes interviews, to interviews. Yeah. and that's what's exciting I mean it really disappointing but I know we've got friend of the show Taylor Sassato lined up to probably come back in the next little while here. He was going to try and get on with us in September. And of course, Seattle was in the midst of a giant playoff push themselves, uh, which did not work out, but would love to hear from T-Sauce. He, of course, from Seattle. So that'd be fun to, to have him back on. Uh, I know Jeff Blair and uh, Barker. Blair and Barker, both of them, actually. I, Jeff Blair has been on numerous times, but he has promised us that over the offseason, he's going to drag Barker on with him. So it would be great to have them on the show. Of course, we had Barker lined
0: up back in like March. And then there was one scheduling conflict. And then all of a sudden the season started. And and then the season started and it was, yeah. Yeah.
1: We'll get on it earlier this year. Yes.
0: So, yes, we do produce content over the off season. Uh, Quite a a bit of it, actually. Long toss, I think, is the only thing that really gets dialed back is that'll become monthly. Yes, um, but otherwise mailbag every week and there'll be lots of news, lots of offseason trades and signings and airing of grievances. So lots to go. Okay. Uh, Trevor in Calgary uh, DM'd us and said, well, guys, how Shapiro plays things on Thursday is going to be very intriguing. Forty-sixty, he steps in to play hero. Uh, the Toronto fans sports Toronto fans sports feedback will start to grind leading up to his presser. It will build. It has been. <laughs> uh, I still think 60% he holds the line. There will be consequences of that decision. Stakes build massively for 2024.
1: Stakes do build massively for 2024. I mean, the direction of this team is going to change if things don't get done in 2024.
0: Well, we tried analytics-heavy offense, didn't work. Did a full 180, went analytics-heavy defense, that didn't work. Maybe we need to go 180 again, analytics-light. Get away from the analytics. Maybe that's the problem. Or just a different
1: analytics crew? I don't know. Like, this is, I, it's so interesting. Where are you at on Atkins? Are
0: you well, a... No, well, okay. Infamous Atkins apologist right here. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, you and me um, both, buddy. Yeah.
1: We we suck on the teat of Rogers, according well, to some. <laughs> yeah, according to
0: some. Um, I think it just is because I like cheering for the team I like cheering for. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish success upon the team that I'm rooting for. Um all year long has been a wait and see. Let the cake finish baking before we judge it. Um the Alec Manoa situation was a not necessarily a line in the sand moment, but was we talked about it openly on the show that this felt like how this gets handled could be yeah. make or break, not for make Ross Atkins' job, because we don't have that control, but like in our opinions, our evaluations of him, obviously it wasn't handled well, but also not entirely his doing either, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't feel fair entirely hanging an F on him because of how Alec Manoa went. Um, like in hindsight, but watching that spineless coward throw John Schneider under the bus, who I have my own issues with John Schneider after that, that last uh, outing too. like, I'm not trying to let John Schneider off the hook. That Brios decision You're not alone. Oh, man. Okay. So the Brios decision for one. Everyone is treating this like this is like the worst baseball decision that's ever been made in the history of the game. Uh, maybe they don't remember the Rays World series where Blake Snell was just dealing and was pulled against I mean, the Dodgers. I mean, the Phillies
1: did it with the Phillies did it with Ranger Suarez, like literally days later.
0: Like, it is what it is. Um, Blake Snell was dealing in a way that Jose Barrios wasn't. And I think in a, Barrios was was pitching good, but he was also giving up hits. Like, they had three hits on him through three innings. He wasn't lights out. He was having a good game. Like, he was having a good game. A really good game. a, A well above average game. But I think the performance he was putting out there has been skewed to make it appear more heroic and more of more an masterful epic, than maybe more it was, masterful yeah. than maybe it was Two, by the way great outing yeah Still great outing pitch and great, great outing great outing but he wasn't he wasn't four innings into a perfect game mhm so no he wasn't i i just in order to credibly have this discussion and evaluating like the decision quote quote uh i think we have to be realistic about that it was like Yeah, a really good outing, but not like, we don't have to pretend that it was the best pitching performance by a Blue Jay in the history of the sport. Like, it wasn't. Can we start with acknowledging that reality, Scott, that like Barrios was pitching really well, but it wasn't, it wasn't an absolute masterpiece. 100% agree. Okay. That being said, fact, I still I would... don't like pulling him out in the middle of a really like... good game. I so I'm, I want to acknowledge that. I also don't like pulling him out, but yeah, to pretend that also. to pretend that we're pulling a guy out in the middle of a perfect game, it's like okay, well now we're just being crazy. Tonight. I I also
1: think it's important to acknowledge the fact that they did score one run in two games, mm-hmm. and I it's really the I have a really hard time buying into the idea that leaving Barrios in, they win that game. Now I will say, we don't know how this affected morale. We don't know how this affected the clubhouse as it happened. And maybe there was more there than we're just letting on. Jose Barrios Impressed me so much with how he handled being taken out of that game Mm -hmm. because he could have acted so differently. You know, we've seen we've seen guys on this team. We've seen Chris Bassett come out of games and smash iPads. Different scenarios, but nonetheless, Brio's kept his chin up. He walked out with his head up. Mm -hmm. And. To everyone in the infield, you could tell when he was being pulled, he was like, You guys got this. Let's do mm-hmm. this, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Also to that decision, I don't think any of it was I've seen a lot of takes online that are like, Oh, like, how could you lose confidence in Barrios? He was dealing. Like, I don't I don't think... think it had anything to do with confidence. I don't think Burrios. it had. It, it was just about that, get the lefties out of the lineup so our bullpen doesn't have to face them the next time through kind of a thing, right? And then whether you agree get, with that reasoning or not is is a different point, but it was more about... Anyways.
1: If you just look at it from the Blue Jays front office perspective, when they're lining everything up, your back's against the wall, you need a win. You're out if you don't get it in. You your Your biggest weapons are your pitching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got Yusei Kikuchi, who has been an under-4 ERA guy and a plus-150-inning dude this season. Career year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the better lefties in baseball. I'd say a top 10 to 20 guy. Okay, Very, very impressive, by the way. Okay, You're flipping those twins around. You're re- removing those lefties from the lineup, which sets up really well for the back end of the Blue Jays' bullpen. I think everyone, for the most part, even if you hated the move, you kind of get the idea behind the the chess game that they're playing there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you lose two nothing. It sucks, especially when Barrios was having a heck of a game. Would have Barrios allowed two runs if he stayed in until the sixth? I, I, maybe, probably. I, I just don't. Listen, I hated the pull. I don't think it's what cost them the game. Well, they scored no runs, Adam.
0: <laughs> I know they scored no runs. Uh, they tried, they tried. Um,
1: they, I mean, that Vladdy pickoff
0: was oh, just... we'll get to that. Oh my we'll god, that's got, um, we were watching that game with the Patreon live on Zoom, had a good time. Um, obviously in the moment none of us like bringing in kakuchi mm-hmm. um it's funny because as... I
1: called in right as that was happening
0: yeah. and it was just like what is happening <laughs> so Kakuchi lets in the runs I am I almost immediately it once those two runs were in I felt like it's game over like which isn't it that might as ridiculous well have been eight runs yeah
1: like just just try and try and take yourself back to 2022 to nothing. Never felt like they were out of it, especially not in the fourth.
0: Well, this is the thing with building your team to be pitching and defense is that when you're down to nothing, it feels like you can't come back. And when you're up to nothing, it feels like we got this on lock. If we can just get two runs and get a lead, we win. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it feels hopeless, right? And then the alternative is the year before where you have a five run lead and you feel like this isn't safe. We need to keep pouring the coals on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was tough. Y'all talk the Vladdy decision. We don't have any comments specifically about it. And I think he was, I think uh, this is something that will get brought up more over the course of the off season, but uh The decision is overshadowing right now.
1: 162 games throughout this season has shown that this team is just a bunch of blockheads on the base path. They have been disappointing in every single way when it comes to base running. They have given away outs all season long. The fact that we expected it to change in the playoffs is... You know, the old saying of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity, which when you look up insanity, that's not the definition. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying here, right? So to expect them not to be blockheads on the base path in the offseason was probably a big ask. But my God, could he could Vladi have picked a bigger moment to have been a dummy? I I don't think it could have happened. Two outs, full count, runners on third and second. He's the tying with his, run. With his the tying run. I I I just I to take the bat out of Bo's hand there. I yeah. I I I don't uh, know what to say, man. It's uh it's unacceptable. I did hear that Vladdy is going to stick around Florida and train in the complex all off season. I think that is a massive move for him rather than going back to the Dominican Republic, which he has done every off season of his career. I think Vladdy recognizes what's at stake, which is millions and millions and millions of dollars and years of term. He's only got two years left before he's a free agent. Mm Mm-hmm. He needs to have a year much closer to 2022 and even more so probably closer to 2021 in the next year. If he wants an actual offer from the Blue Jays for a big extension and even just to increase his value enough to be in that 10 year, $300 million realm, which everyone was kind of putting him in only one year ago.
0: Well, okay, here's let's get to this question then because this ties in. Uh comment from YouTube, Andy Stewart says, Hey, Adam, it's been about a year since I last commented, and that's back when you said 500 million is the starting point for a Vladdy extension. Glad you aren't the GM. Um, like, yeah, that's the, I mean, I don't feel like egg on my face. I'm not eating crow over this one. This is, uh, the facts don't change of that, yeah, a year ago, things were different. A year ago, yeah. he wasn't coming off the worst career of a season. Uh, I, Uh I, if, if he doesn't have, like he said, okay, two big years left. Between now and free agency. If he puts in a year like he did this year, which... Disappointing as it may be, relative to the league average, still a really good year. Right? Like if you get twenty five bombs, hundred RBIs, and a eight hundred ish OPS. Like that's a really good offensive season. Most most teams would be thrilled to add that caliber of player to their lineup. Mm-hmm. If he puts in these these kind of seasons for two more years, though, I think he's in the George Springer contract category, like yeah. a six year, hundred and fifty million, maybe hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty over six years. Do something that ends before he's thirty, and then do a Manny Machado re-roll. Yeah, you know, hope that he balls out for those three years, and then gets the big payday on the other side of that. I don't think that's what he wants. And I would imagine that yeah, this uh these next two there seasons was... of Vladdy, we might see insane levels, or he might be trying too hard and it could be a catastrophe too. I don't know.
1: There were some really interesting things pointed out in some of the postmortem articles. I know that Nene takes on Twitter. He's such a brilliant baseball mind. I've like really fallen in love with this dude. Uh he wrote an article and There was so much in there. I would recommend anyone out there go and look it up for yourself. It literally, it's a 20 minute read. So it's, it's dense. But one of the big things he brought up was why was there such an increase in contact across the board with so many of the Blue Jays hitters, but a drop and exit velo, which basically his idea is It was a philosophical change within the organization that started to put more emphasis on contact, less emphasis on exit velo, and that it has not worked out in the way that they were hoping it would work out. Right across the board, Springer, Bo, Vlad, Kirk, all substantially anywhere between 10 to 20% more contact and about the same dip in velo, exit velo. It's too much to be a coincidence. This is obviously a focus of the coaching staff over the 2023 season. And even with the way Atkins spoke during his, uh, his press, his God awful press conference where he was talking about, they were really expecting it to level out. So that's analytics for you, right? big enough sample size and you're going to get the result that they're after. and that's what they kept waiting for. Mm-hmm. Don't change the process. the results will come with enough of a sample size. And here we are after being eliminated from a wild card game, a wild card series against the Minnesota Twins. not a bad team, but definitely a team that the Jays were not overmatched by. Nope. they lost three, one and two nothing. That's not overmatched. That's just plain not scoring. So I think that this front office, if they are going to see any success, are going to need to recognize their failures, whether it's in the analytics system, whether it's in the philosophy that they have instilled in their hitters, however it may be, they need to recognize 2023 as a failure and the lack of accountability we've seen out of Ross Atkins Over the last week, definitely doesn't bode well for that. And it does make me nervous, especially considering I, I was behind Atkins vision. I got what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And even at the offset of the 2023 season, I didn't think that there would be the drop off in offense that there was. Yeah, you lost Teo, you lost Lourdes. That's a big chunk of offense coming off your books, but you'd think that Brandon Belt would offset it with with Dalton Varsho bringing in. I mean, if you looked at home runs, both Dalton and Teo had 27 each in 2022. So you'd think that's power-wise a wash, and it, it just didn't work out that way. Home runs were down right across the board. One of the major things that needs to be addressed in... This off is they need a return to home runs. I don't think we need a knee jerk reaction where it's, you know the pendulum last year swung mm-hmm. so far the defensive way that I do worry about an overcorrection back the other way where we're just like, did we learn nothing? Right. So it's going to be about finding the balance there.
0: This is where like I am losing con, well have lost confidence in Ross Atkins is like. at least believe in yourself, buddy. Yeah. Like, whatever system you want to put in place, stand by it. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we believe that defense and pitching win championships. Seven times out of ten, it's going to work out. This year, unfortunately, was one of the three out of ten that it didn't. But we're going to trust the process. You guys might be upset with me about it, but... We believe in it and blah, 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 go, 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 right? And not have that pendulum overcorrect and swing and whatever. But when I see him throwing John Schneider under the bus. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a guy who has confidence. Like, just go out to that conference and be like, yeah, we, uh, you know, John made the tough call. Ultimately, he's the face of that decision. But, you know, our, like, we invest X amount of dollars in having one of the best analytics departments in professional sports, you know, just really pump your guys up and be like, yeah, hey, it didn't work out, but we still believe in what we're doing, you know, like sometimes it's not going to work out. And that's what happened here. If he could have at least done that, I could have at least still been on board with him. But it's like, if he doesn't have confidence in himself to stand by his decision, now we're just... Blown with the breeze. Like it's like a politician who just changes his political stance mm. on every policy because, oh, well, I'm getting backlash on Twitter, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip on And it's like, well, we're not gonna get anything done if we just keep wishy washing flip flopping. Like hunker down, let's make a decision and then let's let's give it time to breathe. And we're not ugh.
1: One so thing keeps rolling around my head, Adam. And it was something that friend of the show, Scotty Mack said, and basically his take on the Atkins presser was, how would you feel if that was your boss? And oh boy, not good.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk, uh, Josh Schneider then for a minute, because sympathetic, is that how you feel for him or frustrated, disappointed? Where are you?
1: Confused a little bit i do feel for him as the lightning rod in this whole scenario um i think it was very obvious it wasn't just on him that barrios take i think that john schneider maybe was given more um more of a pass than maybe he deserved because i still it was still him pulling the string yeah. and obviously i i do feel like he could have gotten away with going another inning or two, you know. Like I, I don't think the front office was on him for one round, like one go
0: through the lineup, right? Well, okay, no, I, I think that you either pull Barrios there, or yeah, you wait like two more innings, three like yeah. until it's that same spot. It's that same until spot it's the in third the lineup, time through right? the lineup. Yes, um, but. If that was the plan and they told him, hey, this is what we're doing. I mean, on the one hand, if he's been told explicitly. Second time we get to this part of the lineup. You're pulling him and you're bringing in Kikuchi. And then he doesn't do that. Does he have a job next year? Probably not. Right. I mean, unless he goes on and wins the World Series and whatever. Right. But, you know, you still know that like they would rather lose their way than have John Schneider be a disobedient, successful winner. Like that's not going to go well long-term. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I heard a lot of, I think it was Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker that were talking about him being in this impossible situation. And that, you know, if he doesn't make that move, then he's unemployed at the end of the season. And, but, like, that doesn't make me feel any better because.
1: Yeah, like, that is one thing I will say is I do hate the take of the people who are like, he was spineless. He should have stood up to the front office. It's like, OK, what? You've never had a job where you either you need the job and it's either you do it one way and you lose it or like expecting yeah, John Schneider to walk away as a major league manager after putting in time since two t- 2001 in the Blue Jays system it's asking a lot of a guy
0: (laughs) well okay that's but that's where I'm at is that like that's where I would like to see him like as much as we're annoyed with Ross Atkins for throwing John Schneider under the bus and you would want him to have his guys back I feel like I would want a manager who when put in a position and it's all on the line and the chips are down is, like, looks around that clubhouse and is, like, we're going down together. Uh, you know, like... Yeah, you want we, Bruce Bochi. Me too, buddy. Like, <laughs> I want Bruce Wayne. I want Bruce Wayne. <laughs> no, but, like, I do, like, I... I don't know what John Schneider's career in Major League Baseball is after this. Like, I, I mean... Yeah? I don't know if he ever manages for another team not named the Blue Jays. Like, I don't know if he's necessarily a brilliant mind or not. But I think... I don't know, man. Like, you you grind all year and then... then you take the ball out of their hands. Like, like literally and figuratively, right? Where it's just... Maybe I've been watching too many Disney movies, but like, I want the coach to be like, Hey, I'm going to get fired for this decision, but they're not going to fire me mid game. So let's go out there and win. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. I I was disappointed if that's the narrative that we're going to accept is that, yeah, he had to do it or else he was fired. It's like, I kind of want a guy who's willing to get fired. Like, that's that's a guy that. The players, I I don't know honestly. Maybe that doesn't work for is, his though, career. Where the players are like, "Hey, this guy fucking got our back. Like he's willing to because like, he does wear the decision, but he also has to like he has to he still has to face those guys next season. Like how, how easy is it going to be for him to manage next season when he's given them the raw raw spiel all season long, and they're like. Alright, John, whatever. We know when the chips are on the table, like, you don't fucking even have a say. You're just gonna do what you're told. So, I don't know. It's... Credibility is a thing. Like, it's a factor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's tough. I'm having a hard time just letting him off the hook, though, as, like, his job depended on him towing the company line, like... It did. I just think I just, I just think I do he's part of the company.
1: I just think he's part of the company line. I mean, he's been within the organization for years. I think there's a reason why he was given the reins after Charlie Montoyo yep. was let go. Right. Especially if you look back and you're like two rookie managers in a in a row. That's weird. But it's it has everything to do with they wanted a guy who's going to toe the line. And I think that was always John Schneider. I think John <laughs> Schneider was in the analytics room every single day with the rest of the crew that was making up the decision. And so this is where what Ross Atkins said was absolutely infuriating because they're like, you can't spin it one way for eight years. And then all of a sudden, you, you all of a sudden, you're telling us ma- the manager has full autonomy. <laughs> Come on. like I know. No. I know.
0: I know. That's horse hockey for sure. Um, no, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, whatever. Um, can we go back to the base running blunders? Yes. And we got off, off of Vladdy a little bit. Uh, which one are you more frustrated at that one with him getting picked off at second or Bo rounding third on the infield grounder and getting thrown out at home in game one?
1: Okay, so listen, I understand there was a pile of backlash after that bow rounding third. I didn't even think it was a bad play. Now, I was watching it live, so I'm going to tell you right now, your the way you interpret things during a live game without hearing the announcers and all that is very different personally at the time, I thought it was a great move. It really forced the twins to make that play. It, it was a play where I was like five out of 10 times. He's not making it. Like mm-hmm. it was such a bang bang play where he had to make that throw on the run going against his body, mm-hmm. going towards third base in a in a sidearm mode, like really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a team that doesn't score. Bo was already at second base and wasn't able to get hit in mm-hmm. a couple times that game. Mm-hmm. I was fine with it. I honestly didn't have a problem with it. Now, watching the replay and stuff, it did change my perception a little bit. But in the moment, I totally understood why Bo went. Why he ran through the stop sign? Why he went for it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I had no problem with it, too. and it was a.
1: It was a cognizant decision, Adam, and that is what the difference is here. Bo decided to
0: go for it. Vladdy just got caught. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Okay. So the bow thing, like for sure, and I'm with you there too. Uh, I mean, this is one of the things that uh, this is who Bo is. Is a uh, go for it right kind of a guy um and there's times when it works out and if he had a scored it would have been like amazing maybe he's turned the the fate of the series quite literally yeah. right um yeah this is a team that wasn't able to score runs there's two outs at this point i think matt chapman was the next guy on deck like yeah do you have confidence that he's going to do fucking anything no so you're like, I might as well, like, this is the best chance I'm going to have to score. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I liked it, honestly. Like, even though it didn't work out 10 out of 10 times, I want him doing that. Like, him specifically, I want him being aggressive and forcing the other team to make a play. I'm not butthurt about that at all and Korea Correa like yeah kudos to him like three things had to go right from Correa on that like he had to get it barehand it cleanly make a throw with by the way bows in the throwing lane on the mud like everything had to go perfectly and it did and it uh, did a, a great player made a great play and that, that's baseball like that's the sports that's love that so no problem I was a there.
1: little surprised Catcher interference wasn't. I know I was called. I was like, "Why are they not replaying this?" But anyways,
0: I was I was surprised too. They did not at least challenge it because, like, what do you have to lose? But
1: we can we can analyze every little thing of this series. They scored one freaking run. Like it just it just.
0: (laughs) Uh, Vladdy getting picked off at second though, and the optics of him laying. On the ground. Oh, by the way, when Vladdy, like, w- like waves the thing, like, hey, they messed up. You got to review that because I was safe. Like, you have to ignore him and go on your own instincts. <laughs> well, we need to have a real pep talk in this clubhouse next spring of, like, don't fucking do that to me. Like, who, John Schneider, whoever the manager is, like, don't fucking do, tell, like, you know if you got back. You can feel your hand touching the bag and the glove touching your chest. Like, don't fucking... Make me challenge when you're not fucking safe, right? Like, it's one thing if it's like, oh, the camera angles, inconclusive, whatever. Okay, tough. But, like, when you're fucking out by eight inches, don't fucking sit here and make us all, like, fuck off. You're embarrassed and you want to be safe, but, like, you need to have a little bit more self-awareness. And that was one of these things that kind of drove me nuts all year long about Vladdy always wants the fucking headset and i never trust him there's other guys where i'm like oh okay we might actually have a shot at this like if espinal's saying no no review that we got him at second like okay we might we should actually review that but like I'm, i don't so I'm, know I'm, how that.
1: i don't know how you go about instilling some accountability into this team i'm not sure attention to details about, uh, about how you making them r- pay attention to the details because that was the the joke mantra all year long, but it really was one of the biggest Achilles heels of this team all year long was boneheaded plays on the base path, mental lapses, mental breakdowns in moments they shouldn't happen. In guys like Vladdy that have like listen, Vladdy is still young. Okay. But he has been playing Major League Baseball for five years now. At what point do some of these lessons start to stick with the kid? You know, like, it's not... There's something to be said for making a mistake, recognizing it's a mistake and fixing it. But if you're just going to watch the kid make the same mistake over and over and over again, what do you do? I I don't know the answer, but it's a legitimate question is what do you do to instill that sort of. um, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, accountability in these guys, the ability to recognize when they should take a risk and when they should just play it safe stop giving outs away on the base path i don't know man like i (sighs) I, it's funny because i know that that people are going to watch this podcast and they're like well they only had a lot more questions they really didn't have any answers just a lot of like uncertainty i i just
0: i'm out of words are you anti-base stealing and I only ask you this because you say like stop giving away outs on the base path. And I know that like when it comes to like Dalton Var show how to sack Bunt in game one, right? Like there are people who are just like, we don't like the money ball philosophy of like we don't give up yeah. an out, right? Like, do you go that far or do you just mean the like don't get picked off standing at second when there's two out and there's no force and you're gonna score on fucking anything that touches green, regardless of how close to second base you're standing. Uh, don't pimp your home run that actually goes off the wall. And then when you're rounding first in a jog, sprint to second to try and salvage a double and get thrown out by 10 feet. Like, are those the kind of things where you're like, don't give away outs? Or are you like all in on the like, let's not base run at all? Let's just go station to station? Like, how how far do you go on that? I'm curious.
1: So I would need to see the numbers and the analytics of this team over 2023 when it comes to base stealing, how often they've been caught. I don't have that up right now. Um, I'm I'm not opposed to base stealing. I'm not opposed to being aggressive on the base path. What I am opposed to is plays that shouldn't be made. Baseball plays that shouldn't be made. In a scenario where... You are in game two of a wild card with your back against the wall. You're down by two runs. You haven't scored all series long. You are two outs into the inning. There's a runner on third and second. You're the runner at second. And you've got literally your best hitter at the plate. In a full count scenario, you do not Get picked off of second base. Stand on fucking second for all I care.
0: I know. That's how I like, feel. Like you're going on contact. Unacceptable. You're you're going on contact. There's no force. There's two out. Yeah, he, Blatty is is not Stanton. Like he can score. Yeah, 180 feet away on a ground ball, almost anywhere in the field with two out, where he's go like running hard on contact. It's maddening. It's mad. I mean, it was a nice pickoff move.
1: Yes, it like was. And obviously, the, the timing
0: play that they had worked on and clearly had rehearsed and had.
1: Well, it coming out that it was all pitch calm, right? So Carlos mm-hmm. Correa actually called for the play. Mm-hmm. Um, not how baseball intended pitch calm to be used, but you had to figure that there would be teams that figured out how to take advantage of some of these new rules. And the twins obviously were one of them. And they got out of a huge moment. Listen, th- like, I, Sonny Gray, not needing to make that, or sorry, I think Gray was out at that point, either way, um, huh. in a full count, the pitcher not needing to make that final pitch with runners on second and third, Mm-hmm and the major league, the major league hits leader in 2021, 2022. And the only reason he didn't win in 2023 is because he missed 15 games. The only reason mm-hmm. that J-Rod beat him. Literally the only reason. And you take the bat out of his hand. Just, I, I, it was back-breaking. I don't know,
0: man. It was backbreaking. If I didn't feel like the game was over after Kikuchi came in and gave up two runs, um Watching Vlad lay on the ground there, asking for a challenge after getting picked off. I was like, oh, the next three innings are going to really suck to watch because this is over. Um, We couldn't score. Um, It's made all the worse by the fact that Lourdes and Moreno are... Putting together a nice little postseason over in Arizona. So Greg Kennedy on Twitter says, Hey, boys, huge bomb from Lourdes tonight. Three run dinger in last night's game. Uh, If the Blue Jays don't bring him back, the city might revolt. Screw it. Bring Teoscar back too. Thoughts. So both of them are free agents. Let's start with that to clarify.
1: Um, Lourdes has had an excellent season. We've seen a return to power, obviously in 2022, he was putting up massive batting averages for his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he had a career year when it comes to his batting average there. Well, Adam will double check that here. Uh, his power was down because his wrist was sore that year and he managed to translate that into more hits we've watched his power return in Arizona. He's coming up on age 30. I think Lourdes would be a good addition to this team. And I honestly think that there was, I I don't think Atkins anticipated it being quite such the hit to the clubhouse Lourdes leaving was. And I know Adam, when we talked to Mark Shapiro, that was one thing he brought up on his own. When we brought up the trade, he was like, we did not wish to include Lourdes. The only way we got that deal done was by doing so. And good on the diamondbacks. I mean, they recognized value there. They recognized a guy who was going to be a free agent after the year. And you know, whenever a guy's on their walk here, uh, put an
0: ad. Uh, Lourdes, by the way,
1: I do think that Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. Sorry, buddy.
0: Um, Sorry, Lourdes, by the way, hit 261 this year, 291 last year, but he hit 261 this year, uh, also added 19 home runs, he hit five home runs last season. But like you said, return to power, 24 this season.
1: I don't think Lourdes is the number four, number five hitter that we need in this lineup, although I think Lourdes Guriel Jr. in the number six hole is a beautiful idea. I do think that the Blue Jays need to step a little bit away from the defense orientated view of the team from this season. So this is why I don't think Kevin Kiermaier as much as I love the dude is going to be returning. I think that they're going to move Dalton Varsho into center field where they will get the most value out of him because of his defensive prowess and because they cover so much ground, so having Dalton Varsho in center allows you to bring in a guy who's going to be more offensively orientated in left field, which Lourdes fits in quite well. And the fact that guys like Davis Schneider can play left field is also very advantageous for this Blue Jays organization going forward, where we can see some of these prospects and kids that are coming up the ranks get an opportunity there. Uh, Spencer Horowitz, uh, Horowitz is another guy right? That can play some left field. And we may see some playing time out of him in 2024. As for Oscar, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm good moving on from Teoscar. I love him. Teo was great for this team. He did put up power, but he's a guy who has never hit 30 home runs. Or if he did, I think it's once again, I'd need to double check, but um, for the most part, Teo's more of a 25 bomb dude. And he strikes out a ton. Yes, he hit some big dingers for the Blue Jays. I just feel like the resources could be allocated in better places, such as a, just to throw out some names here, I would much rather them see them go after a uh, Jorge Soler or a Jock Peterson, even a Justin Turner. I could see being a good fit on this Blue Jays team.
0: Uh, um. Okay. Uh, as far as free agents go, Gurriel, uh, I don't care to bring back. Teoscar, don't care to bring back for the points you mentioned. Uh, Gurriel, more likely to just return to Arizona than anything, especially if he puts together like a decent postseason and they yeah. they get past the Dodgers. I don't see why they'd be like, this guy's a bum. He didn't. We need to. I don't know. He's hitting three thirty three in the postseason. Uh, Moreno hitting two twenty, I think, right now, but has two home runs in four games. So
1: um, both Moreno yeah. and Lourdes had very good seasons
0: for the Diamondbacks. <clears throat> I am on CBS Sports uh, MLB top free agents for because I know this is kind of the next question that we're going to get into uh retool, rebuild, whatever off season changes, um, top free agents, this off season, Shohei Otani, number one, obviously. Uh, then we got Yamamoto from the Nippon pro bowl league. Yeah. Uh, over in Japan. Number Who three... just won the
1: triple crown, by the way, in mm-hmm. Japan, which is best ERA, most strikeouts and um, best, Batting average, opponent batting average. Uh,
0: Cody Bellinger, number mm-hmm. three on the list. He'd be a great fit. He'd be a great fit. Um, Next on this list, and I've seen this as kind of like a running theme, whether you're on CBS or ESPN or any of them, uh, Matt Chapman is the next best free agent this mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, then you got a lot of pitchers, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Eduardo Rodriguez, Giolito, Montgomery, Clayton Kershaw. Guess who the next? So third. Hey,
1: Oscar Hernandez?
0: No. Third best free agent available as this offseason is not Teoscar Hernandez. It is someone who played for the Blue Jays before. Lourdes? Eh, Kevin Kiermaier. It is Kiermaier. Hilarious. So, like, okay, just put put that in perspective of, like, okay, we can move on from Chapman, we can move on from Kiermaier, but, like, almost it's an automatic downgrade if that's how we're going to rebuild is, is through free agency, which has to be part of the plan. I mean, he mm-hmm. listed some of the prospects we've got, and I don't know, man, I don't feel good about a season with... Spencer Horowitz and David Schneider getting regular reps.
1: I think that this team is ready for a little bit of a youth infusion. If these guys are ready. And I don't know if David Schneider is the answer. I don't know if Spencer Horowitz is the answer. I think Addison Barger is going to be given a fair shake at the, uh, the kick at the can, if you will, a kick at the cat. Um, I, I, I also think Aralvis Martinez has made some major strides over the 2023 season in both double A AA and triple A, which is getting his batting average up, becoming more disciplined at the plate. He is definitely lowered his strikeout rate by a substantial amount. Like we're talking for going from striking out over 30% of the time to a lot closer to under 20%, which is very, very impressive. I think last time I looked uh, when he was in triple A, it was right around the 20% range. Um, yeah, they're going to need to get creative. There's, there, there's definitely some options out there. The lack of power is huge and going out and getting a, a Jorge Soler definitely fits the profile and you're probably not going to need to break the bank to do that sort of thing. Again, we talked about it off the top of the show. The biggest thing is I really hope that the hitting philosophy changes again this year. I think that the analytic department let the team down and that the change in philosophy that they implemented just didn't work. And hopefully they recognize that. And hopefully they are big enough to accept this as a mistake and recalibrate and recalibrate because... Listen, George Springer, Bo Bichette, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All three of those guys absolutely should hit thirty home runs. I think George is washed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hope you're wrong,
0: but I hope I'm wrong too. But he was felt. I don't know. For what what three seasons is it four seasons with george springer now three three i feel like every single day that george springer's in the lineup we have some sort of a. well he's here for his bat in october and he's here for and it's like i don't know man i'm I'm pretty bummed out by what we've gotten out of George Springer and I don't think it's going to get much better. I think, Mm -hmm. I think we've seen the best of George Springer. Yeah. I don't think the next three years are better than the last three years. And the last three years haven't been spectacular. So.
1: Although I do think he is the type of guy that we could see a major season out of him next year. You know, that 34 going on 35 season, we watched it happen with Jose Batista um, it would be beautiful if he recaptured a little bit of what he was doing in Houston. We haven't really seen the Astros George Springer. I don't know.
0: Some people are like, it's because he was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. Your lips to God's ears. Um, I don't know. George Springer, really good. Wrong side of 30. Yep. It's, uh,
1: could be interesting to see what happens in trades. Let's let's move on though, buddy. I okay. uh
0: <laughs> all right. Uh Wyatt on Patreon says, Hey fellas, do you think Jays are closer to a rebuild than a World Series? Which is a good way of framing it, I think. And Jays or Bust adds, I think it's time for a rebuild. This team sucks, the infield sucks, the front office sucks, farm systems just bad. They need a total overhaul.
1: Rebuild or so, world with, series? Uh... Jays are are bust. Yeah, so Jays are bust. I do wish to qualify that comment that that was... I I literally got that DM to me after the the night of the Jays being eliminated from the playoffs. So I think there was some emotion attached there. Let's start with if the Blue Jays are closer to a World Series or a rebuild. Personally, I think that they... (laughs) So this is not a perfect... Um, This is not a perfect comparison here, Adam, because I know basketball is a very, very different sport than baseball. However, I do see a lot of comparisons to the Blue Jays and the Milwaukee Bucks before they won their championship. And that there was a lot of the sports world and their fan base that was really questioning if it was the core that was going to bring them to the promised land. Right. Is the Greek freak the guy? And I know. Giannis, this is kind of where Blue Jays
0: multiple where, season MVPs, right? Yes. Yes. Immediately followed by early exits. Basically, Which, I'm summing it up. You're summing it
1: up beautifully, and this is where Blue Jays fans are. I think with Bo and Vlad and the core that has been built in Toronto is—is is this the core to do it? And I mean, obviously, you'd need a crystal ball to actually see where this is headed. But I think 2024 is a make or break season. If the Blue Jays organization decides to run Atkins back out there, I think it's going to put Shapiro on the hot seat as well if things don't go that way. Because, man, oh, man, 2025 could be a really hard season to swallow if we need to watch a teardown of this team go on. They haven't managed to lock up any of those guys. They considered core pieces. And of course I'm speaking of Bo and Vlad here. We'll we'll see where that goes in the off season. If there is a guy, I think Bo is obviously the target to try and lock up long-term.
0: I'm with you. I think this is, I'm riding
1: the fence here. I'm riding the fence here, but I think that it is, it, it is, it's dead center. Personally, I think it's a 50-50. They're closer to a rebuild or to the World Series. It's right in the middle, and it's going to depend on where they go from here. There are some major, major positives to build on from here. The Blue Jays' bullpen has not been this good maybe since their World Series days. The starting pitching and the depth that they have gotten and the fact that so many of them are locked up over the next year or two or three, is bodes incredibly well, right? They are running back. Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman, Chris Bassett, at least for three more years. Those top three guys, mm-hmm. you say Kikuchi has another year under contract. Alec Manoa is a big question. Mark Ricky Tiedemann has made huge strides. He's in the Arizona fall league. As we speak dominating by the way. And I know that when we had Haggy D on the show, uh, Last offseason, he had just finished up his time with the Arizona Fall League, and he compared it very much to AAA. So Ricky continues to build off his season. I don't think we're going to see Ricky out of spring training, but we could very much see him in a scenario like Alec Manoa was thrust into in 2021 if he continues to dominate. So the Blue Jays are set up well there. Yes, they need to figure out a way to score runs. But it's not like this team is really far removed from being an offensive juggernaut. They're one year removed. And they have a very similar lineup. Yes, there are some holes and they need to be addressed. And that is going to be what tips the scales one way or the other. I'm nervous for this off season because this off season really is going to be incredibly telling. And it's I I, like, I'll admit it guys. I'm old. I've watched this team shit the bed through the early two thousands. And man, those were hard years to deal with. And it scares the hell out of me that this team could be headed back towards a long rebuild. And that is one thing I will give credit to the Atkins and Shapiro regime is that man, they, They took over in 2016, ran it back with the playoff team. 2017 tried to keep it together. Josh Donaldson went through major injuries and wound up not being able to contribute. 2017 was a write-off. They decided to rebuild in 2018 after already losing the value that they would have had on Batista and Donaldson. Uh, Tough to blame them on that. I know as a fan, I was like, of course, You bring back Donaldson and Batista. What are you talking about? We just went to the ALCS two years in a row. Didn't work out. In 2018, they started the rebuild, completely gutted the team, right? We saw Aaron Sanchez, Marcus Stroman, anyone of value being traded off. We watched Kevin Biggio make his debut the next year, as well as uh, Bo Bichette and Vladdy getting called up. By 2020, they made the playoffs for the first time. That's a two-year turnaround. Yes, I know 2021, they didn't make the playoffs, but damn, that's still a year where it's tough to actually call that a complete failure. I know that it's really easy as as if you're a fan of other sports to say no playoff wins. Baseball is a little different. Obviously, way fewer teams make the playoffs. By the way, I'm not saying that this is a success. I'm just saying there are reasons why this front office hasn't already been fired or let go or guys lost their job. So is Shapiro like to go back to what Trev was saying, right? is like Shapiro, there's a 40, 60 chance as to what's going to happen on Thursday. Could Shapiro be like the Toronto Maple Leafs? I hate this comparison so much, but after Dubis came out and kind of gave his spiel, you know, a few days later, he was like, go. Oh, is, is that something? Could we see that happen again? Could we see Shapiro come out and let Atkins go? Yeah, it's possible.
0: I think unlikely, but yeah, not unlikely. If, ooh, if I put the number at like 20% chance. Yeah, I'm probably. That's probably pretty close, but I'd say maybe even less likely than that. Um, I I know we're not the L.A. Dodgers, uh, but there's some comparables. You talked about the 2016-2017, had some playoff success. 2018, missed the playoffs. Uh, Looking at the L.A. Dodgers' playoff history, they went to the NLCS two years in a row in 2008-2009. Then they missed the playoffs for three years. And then for the last 11 years, they've made the playoffs. They only won the World Series once. And yep. it took them eight playoff runs season. and a shortened season before they were able to get it done. So I really think, I hate to say this, fucking Alex Anthopoulos success in Atlanta has really skewed yeah, our, like, it's distorted reality, our perception of reality and what fair <laughs> expectations are, is that, like, it's, the exception not the norm like you, you you don't usually just start your playoff window win a world series and then win a couple more in, in the following seasons like yeah sure that'd be nice but like it is a grind and I don't know I and I'm always like... reminded
1: of the old the old adage the old baseball adage things are never as bad as they seem things are never as good as they seem. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that this is what makes me nervous about this front office. I'm like, dear God, if they overreact again, it could send us back to the stone age, it could send us to a complete rebuild.
0: Could send us back to the stone age. Um, Let's move on to this next one. Then, but this relates. is why I don't think
1: a rebuild should happen yet. Like just to, just to touch on, um, Blue Jays are bust where he was like, you know, burn it to the ground. I, I don't think that's where this team is at yet. And I think it would be really negligent of them to go that route. I, I think you've got to run this out again. Also, by the way, I don't think that this farm system is as bad as some folks are saying. In fact, the fact that Vancouver Canadians won the Northwest league and they've got so many young prospects coming up that are making noise in low and high A in Dunedin and Vancouver only bodes well the international free agent draft the Jays have been quite good at right I mean looking back 2016 they had Lourdes Gurriel Jr they had Alejandro Kirk Vladdy was 2015 which was obviously Anthopolis um in fact let me pull it up I've even got it here sorry um Dehayan Santon, who was taken at 16, I think, right? He's still probably mm-hmm. a little ways away, but he's looked really good in Vancouver. Aralvis Martinez was signed out of the international draft in 2018. He's been great. Leo Jimenez is coming up and maturing. Like, this hasn't been a complete failure of a farm system. And with the fact that they do have Aralvis Martinez and Ricky Tiedemann finally on the verge of making contributions to this big league roster. There's options. <sighs> is it frustrating? There aren't more a little bit, but I, I think that it is overstated how bad this farm system has been. It hasn't been that bad.
0: Your optimism about success in Vancouver is drying my eyes out. Scott. <laughs> um, I I hear you and I'm here for this toxic positivity, but that for me, might. Maybe it's still the body isn't cold yet on this playoff team. It feels like a bridge too far to be excited about guys in trip or in single a Vancouver being good because yeah, I mean, it's, they're so far away still. I'm like, not saying three be years. Excited. What I'm saying to, oh, is, is that there's okay. for
1: sure front offices out there that do view uh, the Blue Jay system as having some valuable pieces. And if you're going to make some major trades in this offseason, that is all you need to do it. And I don't think the Blue Jays are as hard up as maybe it's being framed.
0: Core of the Blue Jays. Gary Gossman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, Bo Bichette. Dalton Varsho, Vladdy. Biggio.
1: Is BGO a Blue Jay next year? Maybe not. Maybe he's shown enough value where they can... I feel, I feel like I
0: let's let's flip him while we can. I think we got lucky that he had a resurgent season and this might be the hottest price we ever get for Kevin B. And it still might not be much. Um,
1: I would love to see Alejandro Kirk hit the weight room and come in in the best shape of his life in 2024. It's been weird. It's been weird that conditioning is something that has been brought up so many times on so many players within this organization. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it is a problem, but the fact that it continually seems to be a point of contention with certain guys, you don't hear about it in many other organizations.
0: It is interesting. Um, Unlikely, Ross Atkins is let go on Thursday. Also unlikely that we trade Vlad Jr. this offseason. On a balance of probabilities, Scott, on the one hand, Ross Atkins gets let go on Thursday. On the other hand, Vladdy gets traded this offseason. Which one do you think is more
1: likely? I, I put Atkins being fired at a 20% and I put Vladdy being traded at five. Yeah. I'm not saying, like I think Vladdy being traded is a possibility, but I think it is very, very slim because I just can't see them getting an offer where it's juicy enough to take it. And I don't think that this team is is ready to rebuild. So if you're not going to get usable pieces that are going to fit into a win now mentality, then why move them?
0: Um, The San Diego Padres are another. Unless
1: something crazy happens. Exactly.
0: High spending, underachieving baseball team. Offensive corner outfielder. I mean, we talked about it right off the top here. Bring back Lourdes, bring back Teoscar, bring Juan Soto in. Like, Ooh. crazy. That's now, like, we don't see blockbuster trades very uh-huh. often, hence, them being a blockbuster. Vladdy for Juan Soto and then balancing pieces on either side, whatever. Like, that's up for smarter people than me to evaluate two years of control of Vladdy, one year of control Juan Soto versus Juan Soto's resume versus... Like, there's a lot of... I don't even know straight across if it's just Soto for Vlad who wins that trade. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd rather have Juan Soto, but it's only one year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to make that decision, but I don't know. I'm so what a, would, would you would you I feel bad, you,
1: but it's would you welcome Fernando Tatis and his no. No. He can lead us. No.
0: He is You're not My my understanding of it's the same reason I don't want Trevor Bauer. Now that we You're worried about shipping Trevor all those dirt again? bikes to
1: Toronto. You're like, shipping, how will he get his dirt bikes here?
0: It's not very green, really, when you think about <laughs> it. What about, about his
1: motorcycles? <laughs> mean, Where will he store them?
0: <laughs> it's a winter city. He's going to be biking in the snow and the sleet and the slush. He's not a mailman. Um, I don't want people who are toxic in the clubhouse, and that's my understanding of Fernando Tatis Jr. Is. When drama comes out and your t- your own teammates are kind of like good riddance and fuck that guy, that's a big red flag. Yeah. So again, back to Trevor Bauer, because whatever, he's in the news again. If he ends up making an MLB return, I don't want him in Toronto still, because yeah. everyone on that Dodgers team was so quick to be like, eh, if I, he kind of fucking sucked yeah. anyways, basically, was the vibe, right? Yeah. Like. So I don't want distractions and shitty people that, like, I don't know. I just, Fernando Tatis, no, no, that's that's too much for me. Um, Although, I feel like if you took on Fernando Tatis and that big albatross of a contract, maybe you just get Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. for nothing. You send a bag of pucks back and you'd be like, hey, we'll get Soto and we'll eat the... Fernando Tatis Junior. contract. I don't know. That's obviously an exaggeration, but uh... Padres are going to be super busy this off season. Blue Jays going to yeah. be super busy this off season. Uh, Yankees, Red Sox going to be super busy this off season. Yeah, it's going to be a wild off season. Unfortunately for us, it starts now. <sighs> Officially, it doesn't start until the playoffs are over. Right. Moves aren't going to get made, but you'd be naive to think phone calls aren't happening. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of of phone calls coming in on names you wouldn't have guessed, I think, for the Blue Jays. Alec Manoa, Vlad Jr. I think they have to take phone calls on those guys. Like, Manoa, I think, is gone. I know we might not agree on that. I think his time in Toronto is done. I don't necessarily think he gets traded, but I can see him just wasting away in AAA for the rest of his career. Sad to say. It depends how they want to play it out. That's a topic for Friday. Um. Yeah, I think the only guys that are safe moving forward with this team is those three starting pitchers, Bo Bichette and Dalton Varshow. Dalton Varsho, I think, just because he has so much term left. And as reckless as Ross Atkins has been with his pendulum swings i don't think he can depart from yeah dalton varsho so
1: and dalton varsho's value in center field is he's he'd be one of the top defensive center fielders in baseball even if he can regain his power stroke a little bit i mean
0: anyways uh we do have two let's, more to get to and then, we, and then we then we got to get out of here we're getting super yep. long here uh that's what happens when we take a week off lots to talk about uh, Matt Finley on Patreon says, hey, Scott and Adam, two-parter for the mailbag. How much of a splash do you think is made in the front office this year? And depending on moves made, how much do you think Rogers will commit to spending? Uh, when they gave us more this year and we did basically nothing with it. Would they pay? Uh, give us more. They give us more money. Also, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
1: Yes, happy Matt Thanksgiving. to everybody Matt, thanks listening.
0: Thanks reaching out, buddy.
1: Um, I personally think that... Rodgers made a pile of money this season. I think they're happy with this front office. I could be wrong on that. Although. It's not like their books are available to the fans. Like we can't, we can't actually like, are they in the black? Are they in the red? Where are they? How much money are they making? That is, that is uh, not in our pay grade, but. They broke 3 million in attendance this year. They had one of the highest attendance in baseball. They were a top 10 team in attendance this year. Mm -hmm. I know I saw when it comes to merchandise and swag that they were, I think, number seven in baseball, The Toronto, what I'm saying is the Toronto Blue Jays are making money. They did just spend a bunch of money on renovations to enhance the uh, fan experience. And when I say enhance the fan experience, I mean, find ways to squeeze you for money in every possible scenario around every corner available. And Mm -hmm. I was there in September. It's great. Honestly, they've done a really good job with the Renaults. They've done a really good job of making sure that you are buying $14 beers whenever you can. (laughs) Can I see them lowering the amount they're spending on players? No, not really. Not in 2024. Like Until this team decides whether they are rebuilding or not, I think that this front office is going to be given money to try and win.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. At least for one more year. Yeah, I mean. Those contracts are going to be interesting to see if they are able to get a deal done with Vladdy or Bo or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I think. Oh, okay. Balance of probabilities, Scott. Uh, On the one hand, Vladdy gets traded. On the other hand. Vladdy gets a contract extension beyond the two years he has left.
1: Five uh, percent he gets traded, and zero percent that they extend him.
0: That's where I'm at too. All right, just checking. So no extension for Vladdy this off season. We'll we'll write it in now, and then of course we'll announce the extension on Thursday curious, at the at the Mark Shapiro press
1: conference. <laughs> I am curious what happens with Bo Bichette. I do wonder if they if he has done enough defensively to convince this front office, that maybe he is the long-term solution at shortstop.
0: I'm happy with him at short. Me too. Great season for him. Um, Okay. Um, Last, last one. We, uh, we already talked about off the top. It was the uh, comment about 500 million being the starting point for Vladdy. Right. Okay. And I stand by that. I think uh yeah, a lot has changed in a year, but also we we're talking about him getting 6 million 120 this off-season and if he wins an MVP next season, like a lot can happen in a year. That's the whole why sports is complicated. Yep. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh-
1: All right, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for watching the Grounds crew. We appreciate you truly. Always the Patreon members. A big uh, tip of the hat your way. Couldn't do it without you. Sorry about the uh, extended time off here, folks, but we are back at it. We'll see you on Friday and we'll go from there. Cheers, everybody. Can you tell we're just thrilled with... What's going on? (laughs) Uh, All right. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday.
0: Thanks
1: for listening.